and welcome back, finally, to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. And you know what, guys? Uh, we're here with the we're here with the whole game. And it's trade deadline day. Uh, Elkin, Ethan, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Another day at the office. Yeah, I am still, as you guys can see on video, I'm still in my work clothes, still in the scrubs, but happy to be potting. Very good. I I'm doing less good. I'm I'm wearing. Uh, I I changed for the pod into my Kate Cunningham uh, um, jersey. <laughs> Just to try to feel something nice after uh, after today. It's been a hard day for me, but it's, you know what? Exciting things are happening elsewhere in the NBA. And, you know, let's talk about it all, fellas. And what a place to start other than in Phoenix. Uh, the Kevin Durant trade, which really uh, happened because of the Kyrie Irving trade. You know, the ha- happening with his trade request and... All that stuff coming out, and uh, in order for Kevin Durant to get to Phoenix, uh, and I don't know how I want to talk about this. Basically, we got to talk about Phoenix, Dallas, and Brooklyn here at the start. Uh, Dallas obviously gets Kyrie Irving, Marquise Morris, uh, where Brooklyn got Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and uh, 29 unprotected first in a couple seconds. And at the time, guys, it felt like, all right, we're trying to build around KD. And, you know, now we're going to have all this wing depth. We're going to have Spencer Dimity be the point guard. Maybe we can work out a trade where we can, you know, it, there was a time there where they were, we were waiting for the trade to be finalized. And it seemed like they were going to try to rope Toronto into it, maybe get Fred Van Vliet and uh, somehow convince KD to stay. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, Dallas really wanted Kyrie to be able to play Wednesday in a game that, that they won. Um, and so that leads to late last night. There I am, get ready to go to bed, and all of a sudden I get all these messages and Kevin Durant is traded, along with TJ Warren, to Phoenix. Brooklyn gets Macal Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, who they traded again. And they get a bunch of unprotected picks. Basically, they get the full unprotected firsts, 23, 25, 27, 29. Only one swap, but that's probably just because... Brooklyn knew, like, we're not going to be better than you guys as long as KD's on the roster. So we'll take the swap after that and be nice. Play play ball, so to speak. Guys, where do we stand on this? Take it where you want to go. Yeah, I just want to bring it back uh, to the main topic at hand. That the, the Suns have now traded a first-round pick to get rid of TJ Warren and have now traded four first-round picks to get him back. So I think that's the storyline we all need to focus on here is that at one point in time back in the Sarver era, they traded TJ and a first to Indiana, and now they're giving up picks. Obviously, TJ is not the main focus here. It's Kevin Durant. But I thought that was a funny little anecdote. Um, it's a big deal, guys. Um, the Suns have traded – Basically now to solidify their starting lineup with with Warren and Durant, I would say. And now they have no depth. They gave up two of their starters in Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. Jay Crowder, who is a starter quality before the season started and is is getting rerouted as we speak. Um, More or less, like the depth that they've struggled with all year is still present. However, they have Kevin Durant which is a guy who wins you games by himself. So now they have two of those guys with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Um, it's a great, great move for this year. We'll see how those picks end up years from down the road. But right now, um, the mercurial Kevin Durant is um, found his way to Phoenix, which is where he wanted to be, um, if I remember correctly, as of October. Yeah, and I think looking at him, if you're Phoenix, you, you kind of were thinking to yourself, maybe Chris Paul has been starting to show signs. They would not like it, but... How long can we actually keep this going? So, in the NBA, you guys have watched basketball about as long as I have. You guys know championship windows can open and close super quick. So, if you're going to go for it, you might as well go for it. And if you're able to get Kevin Durant on some decent years, and I think Kevin Durant, the way he plays his game, can give you a few more years, you have a chance. And, I mean, you were going to have to give – I feel like it was either going to have to give up Mikel Bridges or Aiton in that trade. I feel like it was one – wait, can Aiton be traded after signing that? extension yeah he could be and he could be traded anywhere except for indiana yeah this year okay. it's just he during this time he would have to approve any trade which guess what i'm pretty sure at least up until now Aiden would have been like sure let's let's get out of here but 
Now you got your four. Yeah. The, yeah. And that's how I view it as. And I mean, with the unprotected furs, I'm always curious to see like where, where it goes. Cause who knows what talent is going to be out there as we get into the future. But I think you have to do it. If you're Phoenix, you have to go all in if you have the chance to do it. And I mean, I think Ethan brought up the point that yes, you're giving up that small forward, that three and four depth, but you're supplementing it with a guy who you're hoping you won't need as much depth, especially when you get to the playoffs and rotations tighten that you'll have a lineup that you can just throw out there and not have to worry about bringing too many guys off the bench anyway. So I think Phoenix had to do, I don't want to say they had to do the trade, but it was there and they got it done. And I'm like, all right, I think it makes your team better. Yeah, I'll go as far as to say they had to do this trade in terms of appeasing and continuing the Devin Booker era. Like, obviously, Devin Booker hasn't expressed any concerns or malcontent to this point. But you're, we all know that, like, when you when you don't keep a star's window open, that's around the corner. Like, that's available to, to, to come out of nowhere um, for a lot of people. Uh, we had done a, a fake trade that in, in, involved John Collins coming to Phoenix, which... Um, based on the maybe the change up in Atlanta, the Collins is actually valued again with Landry Fields taking over. Who's to say? I'm sure that'll last a moment, and then John Collins will be on the chopping block once again. Um, I would have liked to have seen maybe, like Aiton be the guy who they actually parted with. If theoretically you could have brought back Claxton, maybe instead of T.J. Warren. Um, but end of the day, like you now have what I would say is an All-Star level center capacity. You have a Hall of Fame point guard, shooting guard, and small forward, power forward, and Kevin Durant. And and then you're just going to have to hope that your guys like Torrey Craig, Damian Lee, Landry Shamet, Cameron Payne comes back to existing. Like, you are now just a depth, minimal team. Maybe maybe Dario Saric back can play more of that small ball center with a rim protector, you know, help side guy like Kevin Durant. So maybe like this role, this trade, and how it's going to enhance all. Wait, I think I think Dario Saric might have gotten traded. Oh, by if the he way. did, I missed that. I think that might have been like if he didn't. That might that might have been like right at the end of the trade deadline. I might be mistaken. Well, yeah, yeah. So Dario Saric to the Thunder, uh, Darius Baisley going to Phoenix. There we go. All right. Well. Now that's stupid. We missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Darius Baisley is a good athlete, and maybe he's more what they want in terms of making plays at the rim, more so than Dario. I would have thought that Dario would have made a lot of sense next to a uh, Kevin Durant. You know, when you're talking about he wouldn't be a good rim protector, good facilitator, Durant can come over help side. That doesn't matter now. Either way, to further emphasize my point, this team has no depth. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, it's completely on you. Get Chris Paul the ring he's deserved for, what is it, 17 years in this league now? Uh, it's on you now. You got to get him that ring. So, but here's also the thing. Like, you've, in doing this trade where you're sending out – more people out, more people out. Like, this is the team that you would imagine is going to be on the buyout market pretty big. I mean, there's already been some names that have been bought out. Um, uh, Will Barton, uh, a notable one. Uh, Reggie Jackson is uh, the plans are to buy him out, and there's reporting that he might be coming here to Phoenix as maybe kind of a backup point guard role. We'll see how, you know, how he, how he does. Um, but backup center is also something, like, I already know. Nerlens Noel is about to be bought out. What is what is his purpose? He has had no purpose on the Pistons, and especially now, after trades today, he'll have even less. And so there are going to be centers that find their way of, uh, you know, there. And, you know, Bizek Biombo was able to make stuff happen with Chris Paul and Devin Booker last year. Um, for for me, it's the wing depth. And, you know, if, there, if Will Barton is saying, hey, let me go ahead and find a way to squeeze in there, and you think he's not going to you know, you think he'll fit into the role fine? Okay. I Like, you had to do this trade. It, it's the trade that I think vaults you into um, the upper... It, it, it vaults you into the upper echelon of the West. I was concerned about Phoenix because of the Jay Crowder situation and them not finding, you know, anything for him. Then the injuries they suffered, I thought they were going to be down and out. I was about to, you know, come gloating like we, like we began to do. And, and well, they held water enough. They survived the almost trading for Kyrie Irving um, in order to, you know, which, you know, I, I don't, I feel like they were just, they was thrown, thrown out there, but it, it, I was a little worried because like, oh, Chris Paul's name was thrown in there as like a potential person to be traded. But Matt, Matt Ishbia comes in 
buys the team fully, saves the day, and you've got KD and Devin Booker locked up for quite a while. Yeah, they're going to have to figure out what's going to happen with Chris Paul if he does decline, but it's kind of open. There's not really a clear-cut favorite east or west um, who's who's got it totally locked down. And the West has gotten real hard. A lot of teams uh, offensively are pr- now going to be pretty good out West, but defensively they have issues. There's at least a theory of the defensive end of this of this Phoenix team with Kevin Durant out there um, being your four. Uh, yeah, you got to find some other guys, but guess what? You can throw out Torrey Craig and it'll be fine. He can knock down a couple shots if he's open. I love this for them. For Dallas... Uh, sorry, for, 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 for Brooklyn, I'm surprised that we didn't get more trades from them. They have so many rotation-level players, too many rotation-level players, and the only person that they shipped out was Jay Crowder. Like, we got Royce O'Neal still on this, on, on this Brooklyn team, and the emergence of Cam Thomas, uh, who's just hitting, you know, shot after shot, uh, like, obviously, this was the best Brooklyn could do with the situation that they were given, that they kind of walked themselves into. But uh, do you think that, like, like I, I don't know. I, I feel like they should have done more things this offseason. Maybe they could just think, hey, you know what? And when we get to the next offseason, you know, there's enough of these guys that are still under contract that we can still get some things for them. Like, is, is that kind of where you think uh, Brooklyn is? And are, if you're them, are, are you okay with, like, is this best case scenario from, you know, what happened a week ago till now? It, it's just so interesting because they did almost like a win now move with the Kyrie Irving trade. You think you could have got two first from the Lakers? Like, I feel like that was on the table for Kyrie Irving. I, I don't know what the Heat would have thrown in, but I imagine the Heat are, would be in, enticed by um Kyrie's ability to score I'm not sure it's just like you you, you got guys like Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie who are playoff contenders I know they're hard to aggregate in a second trade because you you literally can't you have to either make it in the first trade or you can only send them out one piece at a time um in a future trade if you want to trade them immediately so that's difficult but aside from those guys you have a player like Utah Wananabe who had a hot shooting stretch and is not the is not as young as people might think he is like he's my age he's 28 years old um, like he, he, he's not like a young player that you need to keep developing. If he's what he is, you need to try strike while the iron's hot. Uh, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, like, are those guys just culture fits that are only available here in, in Brooklyn? I mean, like you'd think that if these guys are truly in this, all right, we're tearing it down. Um, you, you think it would be time to, you know, like get rid of everyone who helps and get as many other team picks as you can because you have sent out a lot of your own in the past. Elkin, um, from Brooklyn's perspective, and I guess Dallas, if we want to start moving there, like, uh, where do you stand on kind of, the, I mean, Brooklyn kind of seems like they're trying to do the retool and rebuild, and they're going to do what they can. They just don't have their own picks, and that's the problem with trading away. Like, when you trade away a star for picks, like, part of the benefit of that is now you get bad. Your own picks become good. They don't have that luxury anymore. Um, but with this team, um, are, are you know how do you feel about about uh, Brooklyn and do you think the gamble from Dallas' side is worth it? I think for Dallas, they had to do something to put with, at least with Luca more talent. And where they were at, it didn't matter where they got the talent from. And that's how I viewed it. They said, hey, there's a guy like this, Kyrie Irving, all-world talent, even though he pretty much is primary ball handler, just like Luka, and we don't know how those two are going to fit, but we're going to make it work. I mean, Part of me thinks they're trying to make it like how it was with Jalen Brunson and Luka, where you had another primary ball handler that you can put those two and do their thing. I know Brunson's a different type of player than Kyrie, but I will think... It's going to be interesting once you see both of them out there and how that ball moves around because I don't want it to be those two just taking turns and then you completely just take away the other players, which is my only thing I worry about. But I think you have to do something because I feel like with Luka, Dallas is just going to keep messing around and 
waste all these years that you have with Luca for no reason. Whereas like with Brooklyn, I see it to get those players like a Harden, you had to give up some draft picks, you had to give up draft capital. And now you're, it kind of, it almost feels like th- these were, we're getting the years before the Kenny Atkinson Nets made the playoffs, but then after they already made the trade to get like Kevin Garnett and like Paul Pierce, I feel like we're making the years after like 20, like 2015 to 18. That's where I feel like we're at right now. Like we're heading and I honestly thought, I will say this, Richard, you brought this up. You thought we made more trades. I thought Mikel Bridges was going to be on the move still. Like I thought there was going to be a team who was going to like say like, Hey, let's, let's do something with him or try to get him. And the thing with him, like, he's on such a good contract over the next, like, he's locked up for three more years at a shade over $20 million per year. Like, 21, 23, 24. Uh, So, he's going to retain, like, he'll retain whatever value into the offseason, no problem. Um, So... Like, I understand them not wanting to rush into that one, especially because they have to deal to deal with so much. But, like, Cam Johnson's on an expiring. And now he's there with you. And he's a guy uh, who I think – they have, they have a uh, – he's on a team option um, this year. And I just worry that, like, someone like him, because they're not going to want to, like they, – they, they, I think that they were able to get – um, I mean, they, they helped their bottom line a whole a, a lot here. They're not out of the tax because they were so deep into it, but they helped themselves a lot. But they're not going to retain Cam Johnson, so why not ship him to another team, for example? Um, I think he's the only one that I look at that isn't that next year isn't guaranteed. I think Spencer Dinwiddie was unguaranteed, but he played enough games, so he hit his guarantee. Like, th- they just have a lot of guys who you look at and I think with the exception of Cam Johnson, with the exception of Seth Curry, who's on an expiring this year, it's like those guys, why don't you ship them off for something? Um, that, that that would be the only thing that I'm looking at uh, where it's like, hey, guys, you know, let's do something. Um, Dow- Dallas, they need some, like, they're the team that needs some defensive help. They're the team that needs some, some I don't know, I expected a second shoot a drop for them didn't happen and with dallas Kyrie is the I, it's it's like they're like you mentioned like they're trying to do brunson plus right and that's kind of the the mold there or kind of the hey lebron james uh calves team with Kyrie, but you know less because luca doesn't have you know he's not the defensive player uh that that is there but that team had so much else around that i just don't know if they're gonna be able to reach the heights that they need to at least you can't double Luca anymore like that's at least one benefit there but he's not locked up beyond this year and if he leaves like you've given up a first round pick deep and and that's where you're beginning to like lose the plot on retaining Luca um beyond this and I think that's got to be your worry if you're a Mavs fan it's well I know some of them have talk themselves into well even if he walks for nothing then you know we'll have some cap space yeah you'll have some cap space to go get who who that matters and that's the issue i have for dallas it's gonna look nice sometimes but there's gonna be times where mm, i don't know and there in the positive outlook for dallas you only needed to look nice um four out of seven right and you needed to be the first like four of the first seven as it were (laughs) Um, but that this is why I like think it still could work out. And while you're right, this is not the Cavs team of LeBron and Kyrie, and and like th- there's like not really any good defensive players. The league, in terms of the final, whoever the champion's going to be, there's no chance any of these teams right now are as good as those Cavs or as good as those Warriors. This league today, next year could be a completely different story. But right now, no none of those teams are close to those two teams. With that being said, this team, when I look at the way they the way they can close a game with Kyrie, Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., Bullock, and um, Kyrie, that, that defense cover your eyes. I see you happen. It's tears, Richard, but they also might not be able to be stopped. And so, with that being said, like 
I watched Luca do it last year in the playoffs and make it work all the way to the conference finals. Now you're telling me he's paired with Kyrie instead of Brunson. Like I, I can see it happening again. I mean, if you can get some of those same matchups where you're you're playing a combusting Utah team and a combusting uh, whatever happened Game Seven in Phoenix, I mean, sweet. But like, like I've heard mentioned other things, like it's a team that made the conference finals, not a conference finals team. I and agree. Especially now in the West, in this West, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that for multiple series in a row like that. Um, it's fair. But every every team like they have a tragic flaw defensively. Every team on this in the West has something wrong with them. Like the Warriors haven't put together more than a couple games in a row all season. The the Nuggets are a powerhouse, but we have defensive questions. We haven't had answers yet. Memphis Grizzlies are very young and sporadic in their own right. Like everyone's got a problem. So I un, I, I again I am not picking them for a finals, but. I, I think they are that second tier that, like, I would be terrified to play them because you're playing against legitimately two of the most offensively talented players in the in the game. Yeah. Brooklyn was able to send one of their wings out, Jay Crowder, for five second-round picks. Sweet. And then, hey, Elkin, Indiana, they did some things. They got Jordan Wara. They got uh, George Hill back. And they also got Serge Ibaka, who I think was promptly bought out. That but, is correct. Uh, he is. Your, our, by the way, our uh, social media team well, still has a, a post about Serge Ibaka welcoming him to the Pacers. Uh, just wanting you to know. Wow. Uh, what what did the Pacers send out in this deal other than, like, some seconds? Did they send some seconds? What, what, did, what did they send out here? Because I, I think I may, may have missed that in – in all of this, but usually they have to send something out, right? It was, I think it was some seconds. It was because I thought they they had put Goga, but they just waved Goga and they waved Terry Taylor. They just waved Goga, and yeah. And they also waved I'll, 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 I can James look. Johnson. I can look. That's the, I'll, I'll tell you, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. I don't think there was a, second round picks. If you're not a poor owner, you can buy. And I, it's fine. Yeah, I, I think like that's pretty much all it is. I think. Pacers were like, we need some type of like wing defense and three, pretty much three and D type of person, and we're like, yeah. Jordan, I mean, it, Jordan it, it honestly could just be the rights to something, yeah. Yeah, and then George Hill, even though that backcourt, I'm just like, I liked our backcourt, our backup point guards, but they want to bring in George Hill. I love how I think it was Ethan. Was it you, Ethan, who coined this the George Hill national holiday, the tread deadline? I think the Levitard show did, but yeah, George Hill gets traded on deadline day. This is what happens. I mean, it's just a natural regret, and he's back, but we'll see. I know this team isn't trying to compete. If they would have tried to compete, they would have gone for OG Ananobi. But I'll say I'll reserve my thoughts. Or John Collins. Eh, I'm still iffy. I'm still iffy. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Well, guys. There was another trade that happened uh, that was re- extremely notable. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers uh, finally, finally trying to rectify the mistake that was the Russell Westbrook trade. And they were able to do it. They traded him to Utah Jazz, who I, I it's going to get bought out. Like he, Russ is not even thinking about anything in Utah. He's bought out uh, and trying to figure out where to go, which we may talk about at some point. In order to get off of his contract, they sent... The Jazz, a 27, uh, their 27 first-round pick, top four protect. And I was worried for a while. I was like, guys, what's this protection going to be? Or is is Rob messing up? And is he going to, like, is it going to go to, like, are the protections going to slide to the next year's first-rounder and so forth, locking your ability to trade? They did not. Rob Palenka made a good trade, guys. He went and it, it moved from top four protected to immediately that 27 second-round pick. And they... Had to move Wantus Kyle Anderson, Damian Jones out as well. The Lakers getting, in my estimation of importance, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and D'Angelo Russell. Um, the Wolves in this uh, were able to get Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander Walker and three seconds. And from each team's perspective, they they I can kind of see what's going, but for the Lakers, this has to be an absolute win, right? I mean. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, I think it's – for me, it's crazy that I never would have thought, like, looking back at three years ago, four years ago, that I've been, like, D'Angelo Russell's a throw-in in this 
it almost feels like he's a throw-in with the way the Lakers are made. I mean, I know he provides shooting. Like, his shooting hasn't been that horrible. Some of his decision-making, I'm like, eh. But bringing in Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, that's what, as soon as I saw that added on there, I'm like, you know what? What this Lakers team needs is, like, defense. Like, first of all, and they need some type of shooting. I like those two guys, like, solid rotation players. Like, I wish Rob Palenka would have done something like this, like, before the season, to tell you the truth, to give this team more time to gel. Like, this is a trade that I would love to see, like, before. And I know he was maybe seeing, like, playing the usual GM game. It's, let's see, maybe deadline, more teams are going to get desperate to move pieces. We might be able to get something, a better deal. But, like I said, we got to give him props for this. Like, he didn't, he didn't mess up on the pick protection. And he finally got Russell Westbrook out of there. And... I wouldn't be surprised. This is going to sound weird. Even though Westbrook was doing some six-man stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if team chemistry already seems a little better. Because even if you have a guy I, that, I would say, attitude and the emotional togetherness of the team brings it down, which I kind of felt like Russell Westbrook was already not wanting to be there this year, it's just going to be rough. And I, I could... And, and these other teams, I mean, we know Jazz, what they're trying to do. Jazz are slowly, like, Danny Ainge is getting into his master plan. But I think for the Lakers, it won't make them contenders. I'm going to point this out, though. The Lakers will not make them contenders, but make them more feisty. I think there's a team that should be able to get to the to the play-in game with this roster. That's what I'm looking at with the Lakers. Ethan, your thoughts? Um, it's a home run. Um, the Lakers don't deserve what, how much they got in return. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell, while not a perfect player. Um, what, why not a perfect player is a, a, is a fit next to LeBron. He's a guy who's a catch and shoot guy, and if I think if you could give D'Lo a real option, like someone who deserves his respect, I think he will give you the ball. I think he'll play off you. I I think when you play with a guy who is not worthy of your respect, he will play for himself. And so I think D'Lo will be in a really nice fit here with with LeBron. I think he is going to be their best scoring option that's not named LeBron and Anthony Davis. I think that's very helpful. I think you have some unique opportunities to let him run the show a little bit with Anthony Davis because I think those two are a match made in heaven for a hard roller and pick and uh, pop guy. And then Jared Vanderbilt can get in there playing power forward, and he's your one guy who really can't shoot even though Anthony Davis is kind of also in that camp. Um, Malik Beasley is a gunner from day one. We've known that for a long time. He's a really good fit. I, I really this trade is just such a win overall. Like, again, the Lakers just don't deserve it. Um, but I'll, I'm happy because at the end of the day, I like watching LeBron play meaningful basketball. And while I'm not going to say contender because contender is a big term, like this puts the Lakers on any given any given day watch. Like they could scare some teams if they if this like synchronizes. And let me just say, I like this so. I like this trade so much. Like we said, it's absolute win for them. But this is the first time that LeBron's like like. This is the first time in a while that LeBron's had versatility with the rest of the lineup. If you want to, you could play in a number of different ways. Like I'm just thinking about. All right, so D'Angelo Russell's there. We kind of know his limitations defensively. I st- I think he'll fit in offensively. Where I think he'll figure out. Like he's smart enough to know. All right, play with LeBron. Like I'm, I'm there to space. I'm there to you know just to second side stuff. Um, but if LeBron's out, okay, now nah, I can cook and do my thing. I think offensively it's a fit. But guess what? If you don't want to have to deal with that at the at the close, you can sub him out and put Austin Reeves in, right? And and you can you can take that approach. Um, they in another trade they were able to get Devon Reed, who's more of like the the defensive guard type thing. Kind of, he's I don't think he's gonna get playoff minutes, but you know he's there, breaking glass case of emergency. Um, you also are able to I think start like if it was me, I would be starting D'Lo, Malik Beasley, LeBron, Vanderbilt, and Anthony Davis. That's probably the approach I would take. Bring Rui off the bench for kind of that you know. That, 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 that scoring opportunity. So I, I, that's just the, the, they just have so many different ways that you could go about doing things. We want to play defense. You need to need a, a big wing defender. Let's do that. Right. If you need to play some guard defenders, you, you can find ways to make that happen. I think, I just think that it's going to be um, a way like give, give me, I'm going to say it right now. Give me the Lakers over Dallas. Like Ethan, I know you said that you, you liked, you know, like Dallas and it could be whatever. Like I like, 
them that they may not play them. They might play a tougher matchup round one because they've dug it themselves into so, such a big hole. But this team's making the play-in. They're versatile enough to make the playoffs. I think that this team, if they have the right matchups, like I, you, you can talk me into it because LeBron James is that good. And now he has a team around him. I'm in. Yeah, contender's strong. But again, this, yeah. like like we talked about earlier, like there's no, like that LeBron Cavs team, there's no that version of the Golden State Warriors. Like it really is an any given day league. Like I really think, I think the Heat are a team that if they get the pieces dialed in at the same time, if, if the Heat just started shooting 40, like 38% from three again, they'd be a tough team to beat all of a sudden. And they're probably not going to do it, but it'd be right around the corner. Um, anyway, feel the heat frustration that nothing happened other than moving Deadman. Um, moving on. But like th- with this trade, what it did is you now have Troy Brown Jr., you have Rui Hachimura, you have Austin Reeves, you have Lonnie Walker, and then you added all these guys, Vanderbilt, Beverly, like oh, or not Beverly, um, Beasley. You just added guys who make sense around LeBron now, which the Lakers Mo in Bamba his entire – Mo Bamba as well. Like if he just if he shoots thirty six percent from three, which he's capable of, I think you added a, a good backup center that's a little bit more of a defensive, decently better than uh, Thomas Bryant, and definitely offensive potential uh, for shooting, probably like on par with Thomas Bryant. The point is, they finally, for the first time in LeBron James Laker history, targeted players that make sense for LeBron. Yeah. First time, and that's the reason. If I was a Lakers fan, I would be very happy. And as an NBA viewer in general, that I know I'm going to be watching lots of Lakers games, I'm excited. The Timberwolves uh, get Mike Conley. I feel felt like they just knew they were going to get in a staring matchup with D'Angelo Russell and didn't want to pay him. Like the Lakers are going to have to figure that out this off season, but uh, Wolves wanted to just take that approach. Um, I get it. I think he'll fit a little bit smoother at least in the immediate term next to anthony edwards the problem is like you just traded this for this guy who's way older and who knows how how much longer he can play at that realm so i, I don't love it for the wolves jazz i just felt like they could have gotten more but you know who knows who knows um with kind of how things ended up turning out um i guess getting that first round pick from the lakers it's a it's a good piece and you're just adding pieces i guess jazz are Anything trying to get this worse trade, yeah, they are. Anything on this trade that we uh, need to talk about before we can start hitting maybe some of our favorites or least favorites? Um, we should talk about the Raptors. Uh, Jakob Pertl going there uh, for Kevin Birch, 2024 first. There's uh, some protection on there that I don't care for because it's going to go over to previous first round years, uh, prohibiting you from trading them until about 2024. And uh, this was an interesting move because it signaled the Raptors not being sellers it's we're bringing him in and we think that him coming in is going to fix our defense I mean sure maybe but if Fred Van Vliet leaves this offseason which he can very well do and there's going to be suitors for him why did you do that you know you could also lose Gary Trent Jr. if uh you know just because he can also walk you didn't trade OG at a time when you thought it was going to be peak available. Like, you'll still be able to trade him just like Mikel Bridges, right? But I don't know. I, it felt like it was a bad move for them di- directionally. I feel like they didn't choose the direction that made the most sense. And uh, I'm disappointed with the um, with the Raptors' approach. Good job, San Antonio, I guess, you know, for, for, for getting what, what you got there. Yeah, there's a San Antonio getting a little thing back from that Kawhi debacle originally. Um, but, yeah, Raptors are just a confused team. They don't know what they're supposed to be. And I I don't fault them for wanting to keep their talent because they feel like they have gems. And I, I think, you know, I think OG's great. I think Pascal's great. I, I really honestly think uh, between Gary Trent and Fred Van Vliet, those are, like, value players in this league. What they might get paid might take them out of that range. But they're, they're guys you'd want on your team if you weren't thinking about money. So we'll see how that shakes out for them. I worry that they're mo- like transitioning back towards that uh, that Lowry and DeRozan style teams where they weren't really willing to make any changes. But this time they're not even making like top four seeds. Like these players just aren't like a grab the game by the cojones and take it take it to the end. No, none of these guys do that. 
And with with that in mind, like I don't know why you're holding so hold, so holding so tightly to him. Like Demar Derozan had a dunk game winner. Kyle Lowry clutch player uh, until he played LeBron in the playoffs. Where are we seeing that out of these guys? Like what are you holding on to it for? Anyway, like I don't think there's a Kawhi buck blockbuster waiting um, to revive this th- team, and this team isn't like a top four seed right now. Even a star player, I don't know if it makes him that. Yeah, I definitely thought, as you guys mentioned, well, oh, I thought I mentioned you guys with OG. I thought there were going to be some selling, just selling left and right, but maybe Masai has his mindset that like this team's going to compete until the bitter end. I don't like it because I've, you guys have seen it. When it comes to the NBA, if you're going to decide to retool, you have to decide like firmly. You can't just keep wavering. Sometimes I think of like Pacers, we're infamous for doing that. We love to waver back and forth. I'm pretty sure in this past draft, 2022 draft, Ben Matt has been like our, our highest draft pick. Might have been Rick Smith before him. But like, it stinks being in purgatory. And I feel like the Toronto Raptors aren't going to get a good pick. I mean, I know they had Scotty Bonds the other year, but who knows what they're doing with this and give it. I know, like, the first has protection, but I'm just like, all right, we'll see. My uh, uh, my, my take on this is that Masai is washed. Um, speaking of washed, uh, Troy Weaver so, so, uh, Sorry, decided well, to make a trade. <laughs> Go ahead. I want to cut you off real quick because this is something I thought of. Uh, Masai Ujiri got to the Raptors in 2013, which at that point in time would have been after DeMar DeRozan, after Kyle Lowry had been drafted. Um, this is the first time that all the players on the roster, like, there's no, like, I mean, it happened when Kyle Lowry left, but there's no remnants of, like, what he built or what he didn't build. I think it's a lot easier to say, I'm ready to blow it up for the big piece when you didn't feel like you're responsible for picking and selecting all these players. I think he's got attachment issues. Hmm. Well, um, you know who doesn't have attachment issues, and that's going to be uh, Troy Weaver, <laughs> uh, or or attachment issues to his priors. Uh, the Detroit Pistons, uh, my Detroit Pistons, uh, they made a move, and guys, I was sad. Uh, they traded away Sadiq Bay, um, six foot eight, you know, forward who has shown bits and pieces in different seasons, and just hasn't put it all together. And they traded him away for James Wiseman. And uh, you may be wondering, well, Richard, how many centers are on the D- Detroit Pistons? And this always seems to be a thing that we ask whenever there's a trade deadline or whenever there's a free agency that occurs. And, um, well, I, let's just roll through it. We've got Jayla Duran, who, youngest player in the league. He's our starting center right now. Or at least he was. Who knows if he still is? Because rumors are that James Wiseman is also going to be starting. So that's two. Uh, maybe they'll start together, which is an awful idea. We have those two guys. Isaiah Stewart is a center, was drafted to be a center. Maybe he's shifted to the four. Okay, fine. We also have Marvin Bagley, who we've kind of also said is a four, uh, but really he only has the skills of a five offensively. Um, defensively, he's no position. Um, we also have New Orleans Noel, who just is begging to be bought out. Point is, we have all of these guys, and on the wing, we have Boyan Bogdanovich, and I suppose Isaiah Livers, and really, this feels like maybe it's a really big bet on Isaiah Livers, and uh, maybe he ends up being just the catch-and-shoot, sh- catch 3-and-D guy that uh, Weaver was hoping Sadiq could uh, just be, but it just it feels unfair to Sadiq for me because with Cade Cunningham being out uh, during stretches, and for Killian really struggling, and uh, Boyan obviously coming in and being similar sized and so basically we were hurting at the four we weren't, we weren't big enough and so we sent him to the bench it just seems like he's had his um his role yanked around like they wanted him to explore uh being able to work as a creator working in the two-point range not just catch and shoot three and now reports are coming out that are holding it against him and that frustrates me point is uh I guess James Wiseman was the top of Troy Weaver's uh, big board back when that draft happened. And Troy Weaver sticking to that prior of, hey, this is a bad situation that Wiseman was in, which I think we can all agree on. Like, yeah, bad situation, bad injury luck. But I just, 
and maybe it's just the roster balance issues that I have where I want the roster to be balanced and fit nicely, you know, three big rotation and, and have enough guys in the wing. And, uh, and maybe they're able to use the Cade Cunningham's uh, disabled player exception to get Will Barton. Okay, cool. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm you know, back in and less woe is me. But it just feels like it's doing a disservice to the guards. And you need to have spacing. You need to have shooting on uh, around. Otherwise, teams are just going to clog the lane. And you know what? You, you just need good players. And I don't think James Wiseman has been a good player uh, at all during his career. And who knows? Maybe he'll get there. Um, but that, those are my struggles. Additionally, in that trade, Gary Payton Jr. went to the Warriors. Kevin Knox left the Pistons to Portland. And... Portland got five seconds because of, you know, the Sadiq Bay to Atlanta. It, it, the whole shuffle occurred. Guys, that, that's my woe. You know, tell me what you think. Talk about the ledge or send me off it. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, I guess the thing I would focus on if I was a Pistons fan is none of this matters until Cade Cunningham's back. Obviously, you want Jaden Ivey to develop, and it'd be nice to give him some spacing. Um, and you seem to be shrinking that. Um, with the addition of Mr. Wiseman. Um, but it, it, truth be told, none of this matters unless Cade Cunningham's on the court. Everything else is secondary to his development and where he can go. And I would think spacing would help him develop as well. But maybe they're just saying, give him as many lob threats off the bench as possible or in the starting lineup. And that's actually the best way. Um, I'm happy for Sadiq. I think he's in a great spot catching and shooting off Trey Young. I, th I think he's the kind of guy who... Is, is built for this kind of thing. I, I, I know he has had cold stretches throughout his career, but I I think he's in a perfect spot um, playing alongside two, I would say, really solid guards between Trey Young and Deontay Murray. It's it's good for him. Gary Payton, the second, going back to Golden State. It just makes sense. Um, it's just kind of a bummer for him that he had to go away to get his money, but I understand that they have to move things around to keep him. Um, I really wish Sadiq Bay was coming to Portland in this trade, not uh, not Kevin Knox, but uh, like Cam and I always talk about, the the Blazers can have have one, have it one way or the other. You can be tall and a wing, or you can shoot and be a wing, or you can be a good defender and be a wing, but you can't be two. And so Kevin Knox uh, checks the tall box for a three, and that's about it. Um, but lots of seconds, and they got Mike Schmitz in the in the building and. There's anyone I'd want, you know, making picks with second round picks, it'd be Mike Schmitz. Okay, any thoughts for me, or, or should should we should we move along? Go ahead, go ahead and move along. I already told you, I'm just I'm just Pistons and the second second pick of the drafts. Their obsession with these picks. I'm just like, all right, and I'm and I'm like, already you gave more money to Marvin Bagley. I mean, I was like, okay, Kevin Knox is headed out. I was like, cool. You guys weren't really doing much. I'm like, I'm down with that. Let's see what we got. But I, I was kind of sad with Sadiq Bay, especially after getting the chance to see him live. I was just like, I think I'm not even a Pistons fan, but I was sad for you guys. Yeah. Well, uh, another second round pick that uh, I don't think is coming the Detroit Pistons way is John Morant. And he got a little bit of shooting help uh, in the uh, in this trade. They basically sent Danny Green out. We're able to bring in Luke Kennard. Uh, into Memphis. Eric Gordon also in this going to the Clippers. Seems like it should have happened, right? It just feels right for him to you know, to be be back there. Uh, also, I think feels not right for John Wall to be back in Houston. Uh, going to be bought out, but uh, it, I think Danny Green's also going to be bought out too. Why did Houston do this again? Did they save money here? Maybe they save some money here is probably why, why they do this. Um, but I think for Memphis, I guess get some extra shooting. Got Desmond Bain out there. Got Luke Kennard. Seems good. I give it. I give it a stamp of approval. Yeah, I think I think Memphis just dials into like they have now two guys who they will be getting minutes to that are forty percent plus shooters. Um, Desmond Bain has a cold night. You run Luke Kennard out there a little bit extra, like you know, or Bain just gets in foul trouble because Bain does play hard defense and it's it's liable to happen some games. John Morant. Oh, this is just insurance on him because Desmond Bain can step up and be a little bit more of a lead guard and take some burden off Tyus Jones. And now you have Kennard to kick to. Um, I was looking forward to Danny Green, but he hasn't played in a while. So I do not blame them for saying, let's take the guy who's played an entire season's worth of NBA minutes versus the guy who's coming back from injuries and is like 35 or 6. 
makes all the sense in the world to me to go with a little bit more of a guy who's in the flow of things and you know he's going to be able to shoot. Danny Green has been a streaky shooter um, all kinds of times in his career while still coming back to the equilibrium of 40%. Yeah, I, I think for me, like, that was my biggest takeaway. Um, you have to add more spacing for Jaws, especially when, you know, his main thing is attacking, attacking, attacking. And you have to give him those options to keep spreading the floor and going at it. And it wasn't like they did, like, a high-risk trade. It's not really like they're risking a lot. They didn't have to give up a lot of a lot of assets to get some of these players. They got some solid role players, and they can roll with that, and they can hopefully complement those other guys that are on the team. I don't know. Compared to what the potential felt like Memphis had last year, I feel like this year we're kind of a little bit lower on, on kind of our potential, what we're fulfilling. But that's me. Yeah, I like it for them. And it, it kind of it did crack me up, though. I'm going to feel bad for this because literally Danny Green just got back. It's like, oh, Danny Green played his first game for the Grizzlies. All right. And then he's gone. That's it. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, do some like lightning round thumbs up, thumbs down, or shrug uh, as we get through some of these other you know smaller ones. Um, we got to have a four teamer. We did mention uh, Mo Bamba, Devon Reed, and a second going to the Lakers. Thumbs up there for them. Clippers getting Bones Highland. I'm gonna give him a thumbs up too. Denver, thumbs up for getting Thomas Bryant. I uh, think he'll be a good backup center for them. They still haven't gotten a wing, which a little bit a little bit sad that they didn't have that. In Orlando, um, Pat Bev in a second, uh, and Cash. Thumbs down just because it's Pat Bev. Yeah. D- Denver should be on that Danny Green shortlist uh, for buyout candidates. Yeah. Bingo. I'm pretty sure Pat Bev's going to get bought out too by Orlando, right? Who's mm, Maybe if he, if he, he, if he does, I, I think he goes to yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, he's been tied to Minnesota. That's what I've been reading. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, next one here. Uh, Ethan, uh, this is kind of your alley a little bit. Cam Reddish over to Portland. Uh, Spiels went there, promptly traded. Uh, Right, Archie Diakono. Didn't know if he got waived or not or what happened there, but also a protected New York Knicks first-round pick. I think it's going to convey this year, right? Yeah, if the Knicks make the playoffs, it conveys this year. So that's great. Um, And they're trying this out with the, the whole wing theory, right? Cam Reddish is tall. Can he shoot? Maybe. It's a maybe. So um, they're trading away a wing who could not shoot and, in fact, had no willingness to shoot and was not tall but could play defense. So, and he's going to be – uh, It's, it's kind of opposite. Like, yeah, he's going to – Because Cam, Cam Reddish wants to shoot. That's, that's the thing he does want. Cam wants to shoot, is tall. Josh Hart doesn't want to shoot, is short. But he's going to be re, uh, reunited with his old college teammate, Jalen Brunson, which I think is cool. You know, good little – little side story for the NBA is Josh Hart, and the Villanova boys back uh, together just in New York, not Philadelphia. Um, moving on to the next trade, we got the uh, Portland, Philadelphia and Charlotte trade. Jalen McDaniels is going to the Sixers. Matisse Thibel coming over to the Blazers and Sfee in two seconds going to Charlotte. Uh, Matisse, he is not that tall. He cannot shoot, but he can play defense. So he is a Portland wing through and through. Uh, and Jalen McDaniels, you know, I think he's the kind of guy who that makes a lot of sense to spell the P.J. Tucker minutes with some Jalen McDaniels, another guy who can't shoot but can play some defense. You know, I think just a little bit more, you know, stringy athletic instead of the bulky athletic. I, th- I think it's a good, you know, nothing move for them, but they get some seconds and Daryl Morey probably likes seconds. Yeah. At least teams aren't like actively running away from him on the perimeter um, if he has the ball in his hands like they were for Matisse on on, on that yeah. end of the floor. If there's anybody who can 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 withstand a Matisse, everyone running away from him when he has the ball, it's Damian Lillard who leads the NBA in isolation points. Yeah, uh, Elkin, thumbs up, thumbs down, or shrug. Mike Muscala to Boston for Justin Jackson in two seconds. So shrug this one. <laughs> okay. I'm just shrugging. Uh, Boston fans won't be shrugging it though. We know why. <laughs> oh my gosh. He can shoot. He can shoot at the, at the, at the as a big. That that that's the that's reason, why. Huh? Uh, um, <laughs> let's go to the next one. Uh, this is um a definite shrug. Uh, the Pelicans and Spurs salary dump. Uh, Devonte Graham sending him and four seconds for uh Josh Richardson. Um. Shrug there, but hey, thumbs up to uh, the Pelicans' uh, luxury tax savings. 
next year. Next year, when Zion's contract hits. Okay, here's a good one. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Clippers, get Mason Plumley. Thumbs down across the board, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Mr. Zubox just needs a little help every once in a while. That man is out there burning the candle at both ends. That guy's like 26 years old, and he he's looking 40 out there because they they can only play him as many minutes as his body will allow. And now that Mason Plumlee's out there, maybe they both play 20 minutes. You get the best 20 minutes out of each of them. Yep. Uh, some second, uh, a second went to Charlotte and Reggie Jackson there too, getting bought out. Um, uh, Bruno Fernando, not Caboclo, Bruno Fernando going to the Hawks uh, along with Garrison Matthews. Uh, the Rockets getting Justin Holiday, Frank Kaminsky in two seconds. Uh, big shrug here, fellas. Shrug all around. And uh, I'm throwing a thumbs down on this last one. Uh, Kessler Edwards to the Kings because uh, they're making me talk about it right now. I don't want to. Um, and uh, I think they're not even going to play him in the, in the big team. I think they're sending him on to the G League a whole a bit is what, what I heard. So don't care for it. Um, uh, wish they hadn't done it. Yeah, irrelevant. Although if he if he gets any minutes, he'll be one of the only people that's like 6-6 six, six the place for this team. They kind of are missing a wing. So I like the theory. It's just he's not there yet. Fellas, we did it. We talked about every trade that at least I think we did. Um, maybe we missed some. If we did, don't let us know. Just uh, smile and wave. Uh, but, fellas, I, it's it's a new landscape, and uh, I'm excited to watch uh, basketball uh, here down the stretch um, and into the playoffs. Um, any, any final words here on, on deadline day? Miami Heat, what are we doing? Nothing happening. <laughs> I, I, I was waiting for another Heat thing. I was waiting for this is just sad. Like this team's not good, and we did nothing to improve it. Hopefully, we're good on the buyout market. Hey, Russell Westbrook, I hear he's available. I hope we get Nerlens Noel. That'd make me. Happy.